work on the team. Hello, everybody. I'm Pastor Rick Christofferson. I'm the operations pastor here, and my job is behind the scenes, so it's not too often I get to come up on stage and face you from this direction, so it's good to be here. I would like to talk to you about our website. We've been on this new website for a couple of years, and we have so many different activities, hundreds and hundreds, nay, even thousands of activities happening at Timberline Church, and we want to make sure to get you the information you need to be able to attend and participate with these activities and volunteer opportunities. So please, I encourage you to check out that website, search around, uh, the listen and watch, you can watch a Wednesday night or watch a weekend service on there, make sure you check that out. But there's something new we'd like to introduce to you, it's called the Timberline Profile. The Timberline Profile is a way for you to sign up and have a profile through our database, through our uh, connection power that you can have a, a profile to, I don't know, check out your information, change the information that's on there about you. If you have, a, if you give or you're part of a small group, we have that information. Now you can edit that information. If you change your cell phone number or move and change addresses, you can change that information for us to have it so we make sure we get in contact with you when we need to talk to you. Also, you can put a picture up there. You can control what information is seen to other people who have that uh, directory information. So you can have no information showing or you can have an email and a name showing. It's a great opportunity to be part of a church directory. Also, we'd like to unveil to you our, uh, our secure online giving system where you, a lot of people have asked, don't you do online giving? Well, yes, now we do. You can get on there and view your giving history, whether you give online or not. You can um, start a reoccurring donation, offer a one-time monetary donation. Also, print out your tax receipts, all available through your Timberland profile. Uh, again, I talked about the uh, the directory. You know, old school church, you would print something out in pictures, and everybody take pictures, and you get a book, and everybody would have it. But the size of the church, the culture we live in, things change so much, and uh, this is a great way to have a different kind of directory. And once again, it is safe, it is secure. You guys can choose what you want to be shown on that directory. Nothing at all, or maybe just an email. You know, I think we have a picture of the last directory we did. We printed a directory back uh, 13 years ago. There it is, right there, the cover. Do we have any pictures of any of the past? Pastors from that old directory? Oh, we do. Look, it's Pastor Daryl, Pastor Steve, Pastor John Cook. There, any any other pictures? Oh, Pastor Derry and Pastor Rob. Wow! Isn't that precious? <laughs> Tell you what. What's nice about an online directory is if you don't like your picture, you can change it. So, Amen. hint to Pastor Rob. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I didn't know. Okay. Um, again, how you sign up, there's a couple different ways. Today, uh, you can go to table number six and talk to some very intelligent ladies who help you sign up. You can also go to our homepage, the bottom right-hand corner of the homepage. Click on sign up for a Timberline profile and follow those instructions. Also, all the instructions are in this insert that's in your bulletin. Thank you so much for your time, and it's good to see you from this side. Oh, that's fun, isn't it? I love those pictures. Matter of fact, the yeah, thank you, Pastor Rick, for all that. It is really good. Good stuff. <laughs> that that picture of Pastor Rob, that, I mean, mine was bad enough, but honestly, that his was disturbing. I mean, it's just disturbing. <laughs> I had I had someone tell me, you know, I, I noticed yours for a second, but then I just I just I just stared at his because he just looked so different. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So give him a hard time when you see him around here today. Oh, he's telling people I'm just jealous because he has more options with his hair than I do. And uh, he's probably right about that. But good to see you. I hope you are having a great weekend. It's been a wonderful weekend here. And I uh, I loved um, 
this new website stuff, I encourage you to get on, check it out, build your profile so uh, we can find you when we need to, or maybe you don't want to be found, that's fine too, but there's a lot of options there. Uh, this week, we kicked off Wednesday night journey service, and I'll tell you, I learned so much. There's a new format, and it's worth trying. I just want to mention it. It's not a sales pitch at all. It's just from my heart, uh, Pastor Rob Coles, who leads journey Wednesday night, has asked Pastor Dick Foth and Pastor Brent Cunningham, our Love Teaches pastor, um, to join him for the whole clear through till summer at a roundtable discussion where the three of them sit and talk. We're in the book of Acts going verse by verse. And from the history to the theology to what it means, it was, it was powerful Wednesday night to get the insight from a Rob Coles and a Dick Foth and the experience there and Brent and just on and on. So I, it's cup, bring a cup of coffee, sit back, relax and just enjoy uh, Wednesday night. If you're not a Wednesday nighter, check it out. It really would be worth uh, just visiting to see if you could make it a habit. I think it'd be worth your time. Um, well, last weekend I kicked off a series I'm excited to continue today called A New Day. How many of you need a new day once in a while? I do. And that's just part of it. So, so today I want to talk to you a little bit about what I see in a new day. Do I see God at work in my life? What does it mean to know God is working? I suppose, you know, one of the questions I would ask you is, do you think it's a fair assumption to, to say that God's working in your life and in your behalf? Monthly? Do you think he has like a chart and like once a month he kind of gets to you? Daily? Through his spirit, do you think maybe moment by moment there's interaction between you and God and, and the work of the spirit in our life shaping, forming? You know, if that's true, then why don't I always see what he's doing in my life? Why don't I always know he's there? Um, I, I want to talk about that today because I think it's a big question. And the question actually comes from... Isaiah 43:19, And in these four weekends, I'm taking one line at a time of that one verse. And I want to just read it to you again. He's talking about Israel and how they are the people who have been delivered from Egypt through the Red Sea. The parting of the Red Sea was the big miracle. And now God says, that's happened, but I'm going to do a new thing. Your deliverance from the Babylonians is going to be different than your deliverance from the Egyptians. And uh, I'm going to take you through the desert. So that's the context by which we read Isaiah 43:19, And the context, the rest of the chapter, you could please read it. God is angry. He's frustrated at the people of Israel. But He loves them so much, He's still going to step in, in their behalf and make a difference. So here we go, Isaiah 43:19. For I, this is God talking through Isaiah, I am about to do something new. I love that. It's what we talked about last week. Today, see, I have already begun. And then this haunting question, do you not see it? God's saying, I'm at work. Do you not know it? Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers through the dry wasteland. As I look at this question, I am challenged to think about if I see the work of God or not. If I see, if I'm aware that God is working in my behalf. Because sometimes I don't see it, I don't know it, and it's frustrating. So I wrote down a few things 
uh, mostly for me, but I want you to follow along. We kind of call this our living room. So, so open up your heart a little bit and be honest with yourself because some of this is tough uh, to admit about yourself, but be honest and let's, let's learn. Number one in your outline is um, God is often at work when I am unaware. Just because I'm not aware of what God is doing does not mean God is not working somewhere in my behalf or our behalf or someone else's behalf. I mean, I don't know if you ever go through those spells where you think, man, God, I just, don't, I just, where are you? I just don't feel you. I don't know what you're doing. It just seems like you've walked away from me and you just don't see him. You pray, you pray harder, you want to give up. You just wonder, God, where are you? Are you showing up? God is at work even when I am not aware that he is working in my life. We usually see God's work typically in our lives. We call it hindsight. And it's when we look back. And hindsight is what? 2020, why do we say that about hindsight? Because 2020 is the best vision possible. 2020 is like, now I see it clearly. When you look back, usually you can say, even in tough times, you wouldn't have chosen to go through that, but you say, God was at work in my life back there. I see it now. But at the times, at the time, we don't often see God working in our lives. Now, theologically, I want to just make a statement. I want you to come with me on this and think about this. Does God create every situation in your life? It's an important question because I don't believe He does. I could walk off those steps and twist my ankle today because I'm clumsy, and God's not in heaven going, ha, yeah, got Him. <laughs> right? There are, there are situations I face in my life that God has nothing to do with it other than maybe creating the law of gravity. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? We, we sometimes go to God when God's not involved in a direct consequence of my action. And, and God's going, wait, 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 wait. You know, I didn't create that scenario. When people say, well, why did He take my son? Why did He take my dad? Why did He? Well, God isn't in the habit of, of taking people. You know, a drunk driver kills someone in a car. It's not that God let it happen. It's that a drunk got drunk and killed somebody. It's an important component for our theology. However, hear this. God will always be fully present with you in any situation you are in. Whether you create it or someone else creates it or not, God will be with you. Pastor Mark Orphan, who was just up here a while ago, just what, four or five weeks ago, went snowboarding with his family. And there's some good snowboarders, I understand, in the family. And they're in the half pipe. And uh, his kids do the rail. And he thinks he's young enough to do that. He's good enough to do that. He doesn't realize yet that he's just an old guy. <laughs> old guys should not be doing the rail on a snowboard. So he goes up, does the rail, and falls back, snaps his wrist, bolt surgery, the whole nine yards. Now, do you think God's in heaven going, okay, get ready, angels. When he gets on that rail, we're going to bust his, his, uh, his wrist up. No. No, he just made a really stupid decision. <laughs> right, Pastor Mark? His wife is letting him have it right down here. Kristen, she's like, dude, no more of that. So, so we have to pay attention. Now, God will be with us through every circumstance, even when we're not seeing what He's doing. Number two in your outline, sometimes I do not want to see God at work. <laughs> now, I, I'm feeling it myself here because I know I've gone through these phases and I think all of us may. When, have you ever just been a little angry about something with God? 
where it just didn't make sense what he was doing or not doing or he didn't answer the right way or something wasn't going right and he could have stopped it and you just get angry. And, and he's, he might be working, but you just don't want to see it. You're just like, I, I'm not interested. Have you ever, let me just bring it home. Do you ever just enjoy being mad for a little while? How many of you, it's not you, but you know somebody who does. You, you go like this. Yeah. They just enjoy that moment of anger. And even if you say, I'm sorry to them, they would say, oh, I'm sorry? Yeah, no, you're not sorry yet. You will be sorry. It's that attitude with it. It's that something that says, I'm not done yet. I'm going to be angry for a little while. And then I'll think about <laughs> that's sometimes what happens with God. Sometimes God doesn't show up. God doesn't answer our prayer. And we sort of get in this mode where we just kind of say, you know what? Forget it. I'm not looking for God's hand. I'm not trying to see what He's doing. I don't know. I don't care. And apathy sets in in our lives, and we're not even sure that He's there. You will not see the hand of God move in your life when you are angry at God, even though He's still working in your behalf. And that's, that's for some of you today. I believe it. God still loves you, even though you're frustrated at Him. Number three, sometimes there are hindrances to my sight. Now, what I've done is, you can see in your outline there that I have like five of these kind of hindrances, elements that keep us, but, but I wanted to kind of do an umbrella statement first about just hindrances to my sight. Have you ever heard the, the idea of the blind spot? You know, we have the phrase, I was blindsided. What does that mean? It, it means we didn't see it coming. You know, something happened and we didn't expect it. You look, talk about your car. Well, there's a blind spot. You've got to actually turn and look. The mirrors don't get that spot. So you know, one of my favorite, it's not my favorite. It's actually kind of sad, but it creates anxiety for me is the NFL playoffs are going on right now. And at some point in, in every one of these games, there's a moment in which the quarterback comes back to throw a pass, and he's looking downfield and he finds a receiver, but he doesn't see a very large man running fast toward him, right behind him in his blind spot. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And as a viewer, you get the big view, and so you're seeing it all happen, and they're focused over here, and you know within about a second or less, this man is going to be crushed by this bigger man. Bam! And you can even see in the slow motion by their body that they didn't see it coming. They didn't expect it was going to happen. They weren't braced. They weren't prepared. They were blindsided. Sometimes, as I look at my relationship with God, the nation of Israel, that's exactly what God is talking about here, they were being blinded to God's work. They were committing idolatry. They were worshiping other gods. They were, they were in sexual sin. They had all kinds of issues going on among them. And God's saying, wait a minute. I'm going to do something new. Don't you see? Don't you see it, what I'm about to do? No, I don't. Sometimes that happens because we have blind spots in our lives. Five elements that can blind me from seeing God at work in my life. Okay, there are more than five, believe me. Uh, you could have a big list here. But let me just bullet through. Um, other than saying the word sin, because I think just that has to be an umbrella to say sometimes it's just sin in our lives that keep us from hearing or knowing or seeing God at work in our lives. But beyond that, what are some elements that as a believer, sometimes when I love God, I'm walking with God, I'm in relationship with God. Number one, the first element is becoming overconfident in myself can create a blind spot in our lives. Now, we know, and I've taught before, our confidence must come from God. 
And, and God wants us to live in fullness and, and to feel good about who we are and what we're going, doing because of who He is, not just who we are. But He created us with something in mind. So there's this idea here that a blind spot in our lives can be when I become so self-reliant that I can fix it. It's amazing to me how many times someone will say to me, we tried this, we tried that, we tried this, we went over there, we talked to them, and now we're coming to you, and I guess we have to pray. You know it's bad when you have to pray about it, right? You know it's to the last bottom line. Now we're going to, we're actually going to pray about it. Well, why don't we start with that? But sometimes that, that overconfidence in my ability, I'm going to make it happen, I can fix this, you give me another day, I'll take care of this. And all of a sudden we have a blind spot and things don't happen in the way that we set out believing they would happen because that blind spot covers up what God is really trying to do as He works in our life. And, and I think number two is kind of a similar one, uh, and that is being overconfident in others. Being overconfident in others. If, if you're not just confident in yourself, I'm amazed at how many people will just give their life to someone other than God and say, fix me. I mean, I, I really believe it's wonderful if you have a best friend or a, a, a husband or a wife or a, a child or a, someone in your life who can help fix you. Maybe you have a great counselor. I'm for Christian counseling. We have some great ones in our church. I'm for the medical profession. We have some wonderful doctors in this building. I know this. I believe in it. I go to doctors. I believe in this. But I'm not going to give myself over to someone else's opinion about fixing me. If I have confidence only in what someone else can do in my life, and I don't start with the maker of my life, I've missed it. And so I encourage you today, some of you are just, you're letting everybody, anybody speak into your life and change the direction of your life. Stop that. Pay attention. What is God saying to you? Will you seek Him first? Come to that place where you say, Lord, show me what you're saying. And yes, take the counsel of others and friends. But God wants to talk to you. Number three, sometimes it's a blind spot, and this is a big one, assuming that God will answer in one specific way. One specific way. It's almost like I, I create this, this idea of what God is going to do. Have you ever done this? How many of you just say, I've, I've done this? I, I know I have. And I basically am praying a specific thing, and I see it all happening, and okay, God, this is the plan, and, and let's write it out together, and, uh, and let's do this, and by next Friday this would be good, and, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden my prayer gets really focused, and it, it really puts God in a box, and, and I am handing Him the order sheets. And I say, okay, do this and I'll be happy and you'll be happy and we'll all be happy. And God's saying, that isn't what I had in mind. Sometimes I'm blind and I miss seeing what God is doing. Absolutely. Because I'm only looking for one thing. It's this one thing that I'm going to say. To God be the glory. He did it. Instead of, maybe God's going to do something completely different than what you ever dreamed I, I won't say any names, but this just happened in a prayer time after the last service. And a, a lady came up to me and said, I want you to know I'm cancer-free. You prayed with me in the first week of December. She said, I would have never dreamed that I would go through these weeks the way I have. But she said, in the process, my daughters, who we haven't spoken for years, two of them, or we're back together, my, and she named three or four things that 
that were awful situations in her life. And she said, if you would have told me it would take me getting cancer to bring all that to happen, I wouldn't have dreamed that was possible. Now, I don't think God gives people cancer to make a point. But I do think God is fully present with us as we go through things. And He works for our good in the midst of the storm. How many of you believe that? So suddenly we have moments that we would never choose. We would never pick. Don't put God in such a little box to say, you have to fix it in one specific way. Number four. I also have a, a blind spot. And this is for some specific few in, the, in these auditoriums today. By underestimating God's love and interest in you. Do you know that some of you really, you really don't quite believe God loves you fully? You, you, this might just be a personality thing, but I'm amazed at people who just can't get their head around God loving them, the creator of the universe really specifically loving them. And even when they pray, you sort of hear it. It's like, okay, God, you know, if you're there, I, I think you're there. No, by faith, I say you're there, but I know you probably don't know me, but... But if you're there, would you show me that you're there? I mean, would you just show me, like, okay, there's a bottle of water. Would you make that jump up and down if you're really there? Okay, I didn't think so, but I, I'll pray anyway. You know, it's, just, it's this idea in their life that God really isn't concerned about who they really are and loving them fully and loving them deeply. When God, in fact, does care. God, in fact, does love you. I remember... As a kid, my, my mom used a phrase a few times, not that often, and we've talked about it, and, and I'm okay now, but she did use that phrase, just wait till your father gets home. Go to your room, wait till dad comes home. How many of you grew up with that phrase? Once in a while, okay, we're going to start a small group for us, and we're going <laughs> to... That's because she, she was done. She didn't know what to do. So I, I had a, a little room that... That I could see the street that my dad would pull in on. And I knew his car, obviously. So I would be watching out the window from my room. And I remember this one specific time that he pulls in. Garage door opens and he goes in. I hear the garage door shut. And I'm looking out my window just thinking, I'm in trouble this time. I know. And, and, and the screen fell off of my window. And I know I was like close to it, like maybe pushing on it a little. But it just, it just fell out. And then, lo and behold, I don't even know how it happened, but like the window opened. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. This is an opportunity from God. I, I mean, the screen is gone. The window is open. My dad's coming into the house. I hear him. And then I suddenly have this like out-of-body experience. I feel like God is lifting me up and taking me out the window. My arms went like out the window and I started crawling out the window. And it was such a spiritual moment. <laughs> I was almost out because I was just scared when I felt my dad's hand on the seat of my pants dragging me back in the window. Where are you going, son? And my dad was really a gentle guy. He said, you know, I know you're sorry for what you did. Let's talk about it. And, and I would always have to kind of sit on his lap and, and we have a, a nice talk about it. And, and I sometimes think God sees us in our room just waiting for the punishment. And we just want to get out. And yet God wants to find you. And as you're running away, God's hand is reaching for you. He loves you that much. He created you. The DNA that came together 
In that moment you were conceived. In the womb, you were something special to God. No, no, I'm not special. Yes, you are. There is no one else on the earth like you. No one. There is a purpose from God that you have that no one else can fulfill. God is interested in you. When you underestimate that, you will miss seeing God at work in your life. I love this verse. 1 Peter chapter 5. It's not on the screen, but I'll give it to you again. 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. I just want to read it and I want you to listen. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. Verse 7. Give all your worries. Say that with me. Give all your worries and give your cares to God because He cares about you. Now why would that be in the Bible if it wasn't true? God cares about you. Lastly, number five. I sometimes... I sometimes have a blind spot when I refuse to embrace the life I do have. Now this can sound complex, but let's keep it really simple. I, I meet people all the time who are saying stuff like, you know, one day, I know God's going to use me. Because when I retire, I'm going to have this. And when I get this job, you know, when I'm married or when I'm this, when I'm, I know what's going to happen. When I raise my kids, when I get my health back, when I overcome... I just, want to, I just want to stop. I want you to just stop that for a second. Will you embrace the life you do have now? Well, well yeah, but I'm, I'm not where I want... Stop it. You have a life now that God wants to use now. Not later, not then, not when, but now. I miss God... I miss the God view when I... Don't think about living fully the life I have now. God wants us to embrace this life and to see the potential that we have and to trust Him in the midst of our suffering, our pain, our broken relationships, everything that we wish we could fix overnight. God just might want to use that. And you might see Him working in your life more if you just said, okay, God, I am what I am. And I trust you even with all the stuff that I'm facing and going through. You know, Lord, I don't know. I want you to pray with me about these matters. Would you, Lord? Thank you so much for people who honestly, with integrity, are not afraid to just face the reality of our blind spots. It's hard. Sometimes it's not comfortable at all to just have to come to the place where we say... I'm not seeing the truth because I'm not looking or I'm angry or frustrated. Go deep into us today, Holy Spirit. With heads bowed, I'm going to start with just saying how many of you feel there's, you do have an angst toward God. There's just a, maybe it's a little anger, frustration. He just hasn't been what either the expectation was or or whatever, and you just need to own that today because it's His love that's drawing you forward. Just hold up your hand if that's you. I want to pray with you, okay? You can put them down. Lord, thank You for people that just in a, a moment like this where there's introspection and heart and a passion to hear You, You will talk to us. And You will say things to us that only You can say. And we trust You today, Lord, to do that and to be that. I pray for those who 
just are frustrated with you for whatever reason. And they haven't maybe, you haven't met their expectation. But you are still God. And today they reach out to you. Today they reach out. Open the heart, even the wounds, that only you can heal. Touch them deeply. Secondly, I just want to pray for those who maybe you just, you haven't had very good value of who you are in God's eyes and you're not sure God cares about you, but today you just, you need to lift a hand to say, God, I'm, by faith, I'm trusting you really care about me and I need to start looking for that and I need to see through that filter rather than all the stuff that I don't see. How many of you need that, that confidence that God cares about you? I just, God bless you. Lord, we all need that, but, but today, even specifically, some more than others, remind them they are created. Remind them that they were your idea and that you care for them. That we can put our worries, our anxieties upon you, that you love us. And so we just embrace. Lord, for those who need to have sin forgiven in their life, that you are running into the room to catch them before they bail out the window. Take a hold of them, Lord. For those of you that need to confess sin to God, would you do that now? Some of you just need to, to say, I'm sorry, Lord, for my sin. And maybe even for the first time become a believer, a follower of Christ. Someone who names the name of Christ as a Savior, as a Lord. Lord, forgive my sins. I believe you died on that cross for me. You rose from the dead. I give you my future. Thank you for forgiveness. I accept it. Finally, Lord, we just come to you to say, show us your stuff in the world. Don't let us be like Israel, where we don't even see you at work. Take the blinders off today. Help us to put on those new glasses or contacts, the God filters that let us see clearly the vision that you have in mind. It's refreshing. It's refreshing. We love you. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name. And everyone. As we sing those words, we know it's true. And sometimes we don't always see it. But as we look at this world, as we look at the earth that you created, your glory is here. Help us this week to see it. Help us to find points in which we stop and reflect on who you are in our lives. Lord, I don't want you to have to say to us what you said to the people of Israel. Do you not see it? Because we want to say, yes, we see your hand at work. And we are willing to be your vessels to make a difference. I thank you for these wonderful people. Go with us now. Let your strength live through us as we let love live in the world. And everyone said, Amen. Our prayer team in both auditoriums are coming now. If you want to pray with someone, come on up. Otherwise, go by the table. Thanks for being at Timberline. God bless you. Have a great week.